Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Chicago White Sox 6, the Cleveland Guardians nothing. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And guess what? I got to watch baseball being played at the actual field. That's right, played a little hooky from work, and then I took a vacation day. And uh, my brother, we took my dad, we went and sat, we were uh, down the right field line, got some pretty interesting seats, seats I'd never really sat in before. We were like halfway between first base and right field. And uh, right there, we were three rows back from the field, and it was just, it was cool to sit in seats at field level, right, at ground level, just to just to see the speed of the game. Uh, just to see some of the, uh, you know, we got a great view of Gabriel Arias and uh, some of the plays he made, uh, you know, reading fly balls uh, that were coming. Uh, there were a lot of high pop-ups uh, yesterday because the wind was knocking, pushing things up and uh, kind of uh, knocking it back towards the infield. There were a couple times when uh, Andres Jimenez went back on a pop-up and then had to come charging in because the wind was holding it up. And uh, yeah, we were in a pretty cool view for that, to, to feel exactly what he felt as that ball kind of gets held up by the wind. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun afternoon, despite the fact that it might have been the worst baseball game I have ever been to for my home team, right? Like the worst game I have ever seen Cleveland play in person. So we'll get into it. Um, we'll get into it. There's not much to talk about. There's not much to break down in this one. We really sucked. We really sucked in all phases of the game yesterday. We kind of sucked and, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, but then, uh, you know, in conversation. So the great thing about a baseball game is tons to talk about. So, uh, me and my brother get talking about, uh, what's, what's going on in Columbus. Like what those guys that have been, uh, regulated down to AAA. Uh, are they doing well out down there? Are they improving? Uh, you know, uh, Gonzalez, uh, Plesak, you know, those guys that have been sent down there, are, is it working? Are they turning their seasons around? So we that's what we're going to do in the second half of the show. We're going to go through the numbers in AAA with the Columbus Clippers and see if there's anything down there worth talking about. So we will get into that in the second half. All right. Top storylines in this game, Michael Kopech was an absolute machine against us. Uh, had a, had a no-hitter, had a perfect game, I believe, going until Josh Naylor comes up in the, uh, I think, was that the fourth inning that he comes up? No, it might have been the fifth uh, before he finally gets that hit because uh, he, was, he was absolutely cruising. Yes, to lead off the fifth inning, Josh Naylor went down and got one and just hit a nice line drive the opposite way in the left center field for a leadoff single. Of course, uh, they would immediately hit ground balls up the middle. Uh, you know, we were even discussing the, you know, the no shifting rule and like where Tim Anderson can align himself. And Josh Bell and Gabriel Arias basically hit uh, ground balls right at infielders. Bell hit his like right at Tim Anderson, but Anderson tried to make the double play himself, tried to take it to the bag himself, and Bell actually beat it out. And so it was up to Gabriel Arias to hit into a double play. And he does. He hits one to third. Moncada to Gonzalez to Vaughn at first. 
to get out of to get out of the jam. But Michael Kopech was in no jams yesterday. He cruises for seven innings, gives up two hits, no runs, one walk, nine strikeouts on ninety-two pitches. He's he's hard hit twice. The Guardians, as a team, had three hard hit balls. That's it. Three. They're not even making loud outs. Three hard hit balls on the day. Uh, Naylor's wasn't even his hit. His single was only 89. Uh, In the seventh, he would ground out at 106.6. Josh Bell's ground out uh, to uh, the force out to uh, Tim Anderson in this inning was 102.5. And then uh, Quan hit one to to the warning track, basically. In uh, in the ninth inning, actually from our seats, that pretty interesting view because it looked like he got one. You know, it looked like maybe maybe he got one. Would have been a home run in one out of thirty ballparks. Take a guess. Yankee Stadium, of course, everything's a home run in Yankee Stadium. So uh, those were your hard hit balls for the Guardians. It's not not very impressive to have three hard hit balls on the day as an entire offense. It's just, that's not right. That is not right. Uh, Kopech was basically pounding. The right-hander was pounding the arm side of the plate with some ridiculously uh, heavy fastballs. I mean, these things were cooking. Uh, his, uh, his velocity on his fastball maxed at 99.3, averaged 96.5 miles per hour, on his fastball. Uh that is that thing's moving. And uh, I mean he he leaned on the fastball, threw it 62 times on the day to mix in 15 sliders, 14 changeups and one curveball. Uh and you know what? The those other pitches weren't even super effective for him. This I guess the slider has a 40% CSW. It was only two whiffs on six swings on that slider. It's the forcing fastball. 34 swings on the forcing fastball, 12 whiffs. It's good for a 35% whiff rate on Kopex fastball, plus 10 called strikes added in there. Uh, it's good for a 35% CSW on that pitch, 33% CSW total. We followed it off 15 times. We went out of the zone a lot. We swung 41% of the time. We were chasing that pitch outside of the zone. The O swing is at 41%. But our contact rate outside the zone was only 46%. So a lot of that swing and miss is coming outside of the strike zone. And uh, if we go back over to the illustrator here, take a look at the uh, swinging strikes. Yeah, it's a ton of fastballs out of the zone. Uh, let's look. I always like breaking this down. Left-handed batters versus right-handed batters. The lefties were going out of the zone. Uh, Quan, I know, chases one out here. Naylor chases one way over his head. Um, actually, you know what? Let's go to these individual at-bats. Because, I mean, he's basically, from the beginning of the game, just absolutely tearing it up. The only For the first six batters, the only one that could touch the ball is Jose Ramirez. So, uh... Quan, that first at-bat, I can't remember. One of these strikeouts from Quan was a check swing uh, where he gets rung up. I can't remember if it was this one or later in the game. Uh, yeah, you know you're locked in when you're striking out Stephen Quan multiple times in a game. So uh, 
He just stays fastball away. After establishing strike one, I mean, he threw one right down the plate for strike one. I wonder how many people do that against Quan. You know, I don't, I don't have the data in front of me. How many people know he's not going to swing and just lay that first one in there? And then everything is away. Fastball's away. Fastball's away. A changeup away that he swings through for a strike. And uh, eventually gets one right there on the edge, uh, elevated a little bit, and he chases it uh, for strike three. Brings up Ahmed Rosario twice in this game. Ahmed Rosario would strike out staring at a slider twice in this game. But it's his fault for putting himself in a bad count because he gave him three fastballs in a row in off the plate. In off the plate, jamming him up inside. Fouls off one, swings through the other, fouls off another before finally he throws him a slider down and away. But this one's in the strike zone. And Ahmed Rosario finally lays off a slider down and away. But this one was in the strike zone. So I, Rosario's killing me uh, in this one. He comes up. I told you Ramirez popped out. I think he popped out like three times in this game. Naylor comes up to start the uh, second. Just pounds him with fastballs. Uh, eventually gets him to chase one way up above his head uh, for strike three. Uh, does get it? Does get one on the outside edge that maybe should have been out an outside pitch, but gets it called for a strike. But then blows him away, way up above his shoulders uh, for strike three. Uh, Josh Bell comes up. It's uh, a lot of fastballs. He does mix in a few breaking pitches, a few off-speed pitches, uh, including a slider in the dirt to start the at bat. Uh, later, he'd throw him a changeup where he's lucky he didn't get rung up on on the fifth pitch of the at bat. But eventually, uh, it's a fastball on the outside edge that he swings through for strike three. So there you go. Chasing away again. And then Gabriel Arias pounds the ready inside with uh, fastballs. Mixes in a few sliders in this at bat. But uh, it's a swinging strike on a fat. Frankly, the first pitch of that bat should have been the one. Uh, he does foul off the third pitch of the at bat, too. They're both fastballs on the plate. He had his opportunity. He he had his chance at two fastballs that found the plate that he could have done something with. Uh, but he swings through a fastball for strike one, swings through one that jams him up inside for strike two, fouls off that one on the plate, uh, fouls off a slider that jams him inside, finally lays off a slider that must have gotten away from Kopech. It's a high and wide slider. Uh, and then comes back inside, jams him up inside again with a fastball and gets him to swing through it. Uh, for strike three. So those are the first six batters. I mean, just mowing them down. So you can clearly see the game plan here from Kopech was to pound that fastball inside. Righty, or to the arm side of the plate, I should say, for the right-handed pitcher. Pound in on the righties, pound away to the lefties, and the Guardians helped them out all day by expanding their strike zone. The few opportunities they had in this game, the, the very few opportunities where they actually got base runners on, uh, it turned into nothing. Uh, in the sixth inning, uh, you got uh, two runners on, and Ahmed Rosario, of course, grounds out to end the threat. Uh, Jimenez had singled the lead off the inning. Straw handed him a force out, uh, grounded into a force out. David Fry pinch hits for the catcher position, and he strikes out. At that point, what did Francona have to lose? Quan does draw that walk, so gets on base. So you do finally get a base runner to second base, and Ahmed Rosario grounds out 
to end the threat. So that was your best chance at scoring. It was pretty rough baseball, uh, you know, before that, leading up to that. So they have a chance in the sixth. They go one, two, three in the seventh. And then in the eighth inning, Andres Jimenez, for some reason, he hits one into the right field corner. Again, great view of this one. Uh, great view of the throws coming from right field. That's another fun thing about sitting at field level. You realize how much these throws coming from the outfielders are line drives. When you know when you're out in the yard playing catch with uh, whoever your 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 son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your, whoever you're out playing catch with. When you throw the ball, when you're doing long toss, you launch it right. You throw this big arcing throw. Not these guys, man. It is a line drive coming out of their hands. Uh, so Andres Jimenez hits one in the right field corner. For some reason, feels like he's got to try to take an extra base and gets absolutely gunned out at second base by uh, Clint Frazier in right field for the White Sox. And we're sitting there going, what a, what a dumb baseball play. You're down sixth in the eighth inning. If this were the second inning... Of a 0-0 game? Fine, fine. Be aggressive. Try to take the extra base. That's more understandable. You're trying to get something started. You're trying to get yourself in scoring position for your team. In the eighth inning, you don't need to get in scoring position when you're down 6 nothing. Your run isn't going to win the game. You just need guys on base. And, of course, Miles Straw comes up after that and hits a bloop single. That would have put him probably on third base. But another another bad base running moment in this series for the Cleveland Guardians. We didn't understand it. I, normally, normally fine with guys trying to take the extra base, but that wasn't the situation for it. You have to read the situation. So that's everything offensively for the Guardians. Uh, on the pitching side of things, I think Cal Quantrill said he had his worst start of the season. Like it regressed. He only lasts four innings. He only gives up four hits, but he gives up six runs because he gave up three walks, and those guys all come in to score. He had two strikeouts, no home runs on 64 pitches. He's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Yeah, those walks are killer. Killer for him. He walks Clint Fraser to lead off the third. Eventually, two outs, Tim Anderson would single him home. I believe he stole second. Uh, got stranded there, and then two outs, Tim Anderson singles him home. Uh, and then a leadoff walk in the fourth inning to Yoan Moncada. Vaughn with a single. He walks Gavin Sheets to load the bases. Berger hits the sack. And then they re- I mean, then they start teeing off on him. Berger hits the sack. Fly. Clint Frazier with a 105.7 mile per hour single. Romy Gonzalez, the bottom of their lineup, with a 101.7 mile per hour double. And then uh, Zavala with a sack fly to uh, finish things off to bring in the last run. So, yeah, all three walks come around to score. It's not good. It's not good stuff from Cal Quantrill. Let's see what his uh, pitch mix was because I was talking to my brother and dad about it. Like, he's so upset. Oh, no, he mixed in a decent amount of pitches in this one. You've got 70% sinker cutter. Uh, but he did mix in nine changeups, six splitters, two curveballs. He he did try to mix in some pitches. The cutter is the only cutter and a changeup are the only things that got him an actual swing and miss. Four whiffs on twenty eight swings. I uh, couldn't even get called strikes with those pitches. 
They were just hammering him, man. Absolutely hammering him. Uh, so the average exit velocity off that sinker was 97.9. The four, uh, the five they put in play. Oof. Man, they were hammering him. Eli Morgan does come in relief and, uh, I mean, holds things at bay for a while. They actually don't, they don't get another base runner, uh, off of our bullpen, but it, it doesn't matter. A six nothing lead is gonna hold up against this Cleveland Guardians offense. One of the worst offenses in baseball. So, you know, all the quotes after the game are basically uh, to this effect. We're all getting tested. Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, we got to stick with the process. It's all quotes to that vein. And at some point, those just become empty quotes. Like, at some point, it's not even worth listening to these post-game interviews because you're not hearing anything real. Oh, yeah, I, I just got to keep grinding out there. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? No, something has to change. Something has to, they got to stir this thing up somehow. Something has to change. I mean, this is just, this is terrible baseball. You are a better team than these Chicago White Sox. There is no reason that the White Sox have taken four out of six against us now. No reason. This is the team we should be beating up on. Ah, oh, man. Instead, we're just giving away wins in the American League Central. So it's it's an incredibly frustrating game. MVP on the game, if I'm forced to, if you're if you're tying, you know, twisting my arm behind my back, I guess I'll say Eli Morgan. He gives you two innings of relief. He does strike out the side. Uh in the uh what would that be? The sixth inning? Yeah, Gavin Sheets, Jake Berger, and Clint Frazier. He does strike out the side in the sixth inning. Uh, what was working for Eli Morgan on this game? I, I guess we'll find something positive to talk about. Uh, his changeup. That's right. Uh, the one to Clint Frazier was a wicked changeup. We could even tell from where we were sitting, like the change in velocity on that pitch. Ooh, Frazier was way out in front of it. That's a 42% CSW on his changeup. That's pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, so Eli Morgan, again, I don't want to be giving it to middle relievers. Uh, MVP on the day should not be, be being won by middle relievers. But for two innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts, striking out the side in the sixth, sure, Eli Morgan can have MVP on the day. All right, so I told you we were going to take a look at what's going on with the Columbus Clippers, and uh, there's some interesting numbers down there. I uh, sorted the batters by OPS, and Zach Collins is absolutely crushing for your Columbus Clippers. Uh, he's the catcher, uh, also played a little first base maybe, bats left-handed, uh, drafted in the 27th round of the 2013 uh, amateur draft, uh, but then was drafted in the first round by the Chicago White Sox in 2016. Uh, so he turned down that draft in 2013. Uh, and went in the 2016. I don't even remember how Collins came to uh, came to Cleveland. So he had signed with us on a uh, you know minor league contract with an invite to spring training. He's had a touch of time in the major leagues with the White Sox, with Pittsburgh, um, with uh, last year he split time between uh, Pittsburgh and Toronto. And he's crushing for your Columbus Clippers. Got a 991 OPS, uh, 11 doubles, 9 home runs, 
Also leading the team in RBIs with 39 RBIs. So the journeyman catcher down there is crushing. But that's not who you're here to hear about. You're here to hear about guys like Bo Naylor, uh, who is tied with the team lead in home runs with nine home runs. He's got a 901 OPS. He's definitely doing it a lot with the slugging. Also drawn a lot of walks. 42 strikeouts to 33 walks is a pretty good ratio. Uh, he only has a 261 batting average. Zach Collins has a 337 batting average. He is crushing in AAA. Uh, but yeah, Bo Naylor's doing pretty good down there. And sure, we saw him for that split doubleheader, but man, he's nine doubles, a triple, and nine home runs, driven in 35 RBIs, second on the team in RBIs. Uh, so Bo Naylor is it's working for him down there. Uh, Rokio, who we've also seen a little bit of, he's got an 867 OPS, uh, 333 batting average though. So he's not doesn't you know it's one home run, uh, 13 doubles, three triples. So you know the slugging isn't the same as uh, you know Bo Naylor, but definitely the batting average. Uh, 17 walks for Rokio to 23 strikeouts, not terrible, not a terrible ratio there. So yeah. Uh, doing pretty good for Brian Rocchio down there. And I did see him make a pretty pretty sick defensive play uh, came up in my Twitter feed uh, for Brian Rocchio. So uh, the next guy uh, you might recognize is Richie Palacios. Not going as well for Richie. A 755 OPS. Only a 247 batting average. Uh, does have equal strikeouts to walk. 33 walks to 33 strikeouts. Uh, but you know, a 247 batting average, you'd like to see something a little higher, uh, to know that he's handling triple a pitching. Uh, but maybe that's just his game, you know, walking and getting on base. Uh, the next is Oscar Gonzalez. And this, this is not where we want Oscar Gonzalez to be. It's decent. If this were his major league numbers, this would be decent. A 710 OPS, uh, but it's based on all slugging. Like, it's a 431 slugging. It's only a 279 on base percentage. That's not good. Palacios was up at a 384 from all those walks on base percentage. That, that does play a little bit, you know, for the right kind of player. Uh, but Gonzalez is only a 279 on base, a 259 batting average. He's got 13 strikeouts to two walks. Not good. So, still chasing, still striking out. Now, he's only at 61 plate appearances down there, but it's four doubles and two home runs. So you tell me if that's enough power for you, right? We need Gonzalez to be flashing power. Speaking of flashing power, Jowinski Noel. He is a big, powerful dude. Seven home runs, third on the team in home runs, uh, but a 191 batting average. 287 on base. That's only a 669 OPS. That's not good enough. 48 strikeouts to 15 walks. So the dude is, uh, he's just not flashing enough slugging, enough power to combat all those strikeouts yet. Yet, there's still time for Jawenski Noel. It's still a big, powerful dude. Uh, but uh, you're probably going to need to see a little bit more discipline, a little bit more on base, and get that OPS up a little bit before you're seeing him at the major league level. So that's really the hitter's. Uh, George Valera's barely played 22 plate appearances. He's hurt again, apparently. I thought I saw it was like a hamstring thing this time. So George Valera uh, hasn't really gotten his season going yet. On the pitching side of things, Adam Scott, I just got to talk about Adam Scott for a second because his numbers are crazy. He has the most starts for AAA Columbus with eight. 
was carrying a 5.67 ERA in eight starts. He's 0-1. He's got an 0-1 record. That's brutal. A 5.67 ERA, uh, 29 walks to 28 strikeouts. So I, they don't have his WHIP numbers on here, but you can imagine that's a pretty high WHIP. Uh, 29 walks, 23 hits, and only 27 innings pitched. 29 walks and only 27 innings pitched. He also has, ready for this, 12 hit batters. He has plunked 12 batters. That is way too many. Way too many. Uh, So, yeah, that's Adam Scott leading Columbus and starts at least. Uh, Gavin Williams is a name you're probably interested in. Since coming to AAA, he's had five starts, and he is crushing. He's got a 198 ERA. Uh, in 27 and a third innings, uh, he's given up 15 hits and 10 walks. So that's an under one whip. Uh, w- pretty impressive stuff. 10 walks to 36 strikeouts. Uh, he is absolutely cooking uh, at AAA. He's given up a few home runs, given up three home runs. Uh, but uh, yeah, he uh, he's definitely showing that he might be the next guy ready. The next guy ready to take that step. Now, guys that got sent down, that's kind of what initiated this segment, right? Zach Plesak, uh has had three starts uh, for Columbus. He's got a 363 ERA, one and one in those three starts. Um, yeah, he's given up four home runs. That's a lot of home runs uh, for three starts for 17 innings pitched. Uh, seven walks to 18 strikeouts. So... He's doing decent, but still, that's a lot of home runs to give up in 17 and a third innings in three starts uh, from Plesak. Savali in his rehab starts has looked good. Uh, He's thrown seven innings so far. Uh, He's only given up two runs. He's got a 257 ERA. He's only thrown seven innings, so it's a small sample size, but one walk to nine strikeouts, so he's been looking sharp. I think Savali's probably going to be ready Pretty soon, you're going to see him pretty soon. McKenzie uh, has only had one start so far. I'm sure he's due to start any day now, get that second start. He went three innings, um, one walk to four strikeouts. That's nice to see. Gave up two hits, but no runs. So uh, that's McKenzie's lone uh, rehab start down there. So those guys are coming back. The other one to keep an eye on, uh, he started, or he uh, came in in relief, I believe, for. Akron, I want to say he was at double A, and that's Cody Morris. And that's going to be, he's he's going to be a big bump into that bullpen. Remember, he was pretty nasty last year in his limited time at the end of the season with the team. So Cody Morris coming back could be a real boost uh, as well, as well as McKenzie and Savali coming back. So that's some of the stuff that's going on at AAA. I just thought you might be interested in hearing some of those numbers, especially the guys on rehab starts, and then the guys that got sent down. Plesek, you know, getting sent down, and uh, and uh, Oscar Gonzalez getting sent down. So that's what's going on down at AAA Columbus. All right, that's all my thoughts on this day. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Hey, it actually is Cleveland base. It actually is the morning. I I had to pass out last night. So I those of you who've been listening, whether you're international or you just are night owls and you've been listening when I record at midnight. Uh, I, I apologize for not having an episode out. Uh, this was the traditional time of recording for this show. Uh, so I'm 
back to recording this one in the morning. We have an off day. We frankly need it. This team needs to reset. And we're about to face St. Louis here at home in a weekend series. A team that Guardians Twitter has basically run wild with trade ideas with St. Louis and trade ideas with Baltimore. And guess what? That's the next two teams that we face. So uh, we'll get to see a lot of their players and see if... I mean, a lot of people are coming up with Shane Bieber trades. And at this point of the season, like if we're falling this far out of contention and no contract extension talks have really seemed to go anywhere with Bieber, kind of feels like this might be the trade deadline. This might be the, the Bieber trade deadline. I know it sucks. I know he's been our ace for a long time, but you got to admit there's a lot of pitching coming behind him, right? It's just it, from that standpoint. There's a lot of really talented young pitchers coming up in our system. So, is this the year? Is this the year? Uh, they've shown no signs of getting anything long-term done with him. So, we shall see. All right. Again, thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final in a very, very bad baseball game for your Cleveland Guardians. It's the White Sox 6, the Guardians nothing. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the team, on the trade deadline. Do we start talking about that? If the team keeps going this direction, we sure do. We'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>